Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. This was written right after Paul went through that, the whole passage of death. Where is your sting? What was he saying? He was saying there is no defeat when it comes to the Lord. We sometimes will cheer for teams that are, have a winning record. Can I tell you, God just doesn't have a winning record. God's never lost. God does not lose. Even in death, he says, where is your sting? And, and he comes up here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57 And we're in the New King James Version. If you don't have that version, just look at the screens and let's read it out loud together. Let's say it. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Would you say it out again? But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We went over this last week. But gives us is that past is that present or is that future? See, oftentimes when we say thanks, we, we will say, thank you, Lord, for saving me 20 years ago. Thank you, Lord, for uh, giving me this friend, you know, 10 years ago. Thank you, Lord, for, uh, you know, for giving me shelter, God, uh, two years ago. And oftentimes thanks is just equated to the past. But look at this. Thanks be to God who gives us, is gives us, well, it's present and it's future. It's something that we walk in now, and it's something that we walk in in the future. I know you're not here just to get some little sermon and say, oh, how was that sermon? No, we're we're getting fed God's word, and the Holy Spirit is, I believe, putting it in your heart and applying it to your situation with whatever you're dealing with. So let's apply that today, okay? Uh, Thanks be to God who gives us. Today, God gives you the victory. Tomorrow, God gives you the victory. And you might say, but I can think of all kind of defeats in the past. No, listen, those defeats might have been something that you've experienced, but God didn't give you the victory in those things. Thanks be to God who gives you the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, present and future. And then just a couple of chapters forward in the next book, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, he says something very similar. He says, now thanks be to God. Let's read it together. Look at the screen and say, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. I want you to notice again, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. Is that past or present or future? Well, it's present. It's saying right now God does this, but it's future. He's saying when I follow God, when God is, when I'm walking with the Lord, there's triumph. God does not lead us to victory. God is not used to walking in and saying, are we going to lose or are we going to win? God wins. Somebody say God wins. God wins. And if God be for us, who can be against us? That's the way that our heart should be all the time. I cannot lose. You're battling something. You're facing something. You're behind on some bill or you're behind on some sickness or something that's going on and you feel defeated and you feel underneath. Can I tell you, what we need to do is get the word of God into our hearts and get the understanding I cannot lose in this situation. 
I cannot lose because somehow God's going to turn around the tables. Somehow God is going to lean it in my favor. Somehow God's going to work it out and you say, but it doesn't look like that. It doesn't look that way. That's why it's called faith. If it looked that way, you wouldn't need faith. It would be called fat. Faith is what? Well, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is where you don't see. If you saw it, it wouldn't be faith. You wouldn't need faith. And the Bible says now the just shall live by faith. Well, if that's true, the just shall live by what they don't see, not by what they do see. If we're walking by what we do see, then we don't need faith. We just need like by, oh, well, I just believe I'm a principled, centered person and I'm a, well, that's good, that's good and all, but you're playing a safe. Can I tell you what we need to do? We need to uh, get over on God's way of thinking and God's way of operating and cooperate with God, meaning get in faith on what he's saying to do. And oftentimes if it's God, he'll tell you to do things that look impossible, if, they, if, if your plans, you have them all figured out, you may not have included God in those plans. Because if you figured them out, you really don't need God. You just need you and your little plans, right? But we need God in order to walk in faith. We need God's word in order for him to tell us to step out onto the water. And we say, if it's really you, Lord, tell us to come. What did Peter say? If it's really you, tell us to come. And what did Jesus say? Come. If it's really you, Lord, would you heal us? Be healed. Do you ever see in the Bible where they said, if it's really you, Lord, and he said, no, it's not my will. I just am going to think about it because I'm trying to teach you through the situation. And I'm trying to just, well, there are times that we learn through situations. I understand that. But can I tell you, over and over and over and over and over in the Bible, we see God wants to answer prayers, but people are spiritually hesitant from stepping out in what God wants them to do. Now, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Remember that thanks and faith go together. Thanks and faith go together. It could be as simply as you're sitting in a restaurant and you say, oh, uh, could I, can I get you anything? I need, can I have some more water, please? And she says, I'll, I'll be right back. He says, I'll be right back with that. And you say, thank you. Well, you don't say, uh, yeah, I'll thank you when I see it, right? No, you say thank you. Why? Because you believe that they'll be right back. And I, I met some people you, you shouldn't have believed it, right? Because they, they don't necessarily come right back, you know. But the thing is, is when you have faith, you say thank you, right? If you came up and you said, hey, I, uh, man, I need to borrow $100, you have the money and you say, oh, okay, come back and see me at 2 o'clock and I'll give you $100. And what do they say? Thank you. Why? Because they believe that at 2 o'clock they're going to get $100. You don't say, 2 o'clock? All right. No, you say thank you. Well, it's the same thing with God. When God makes a promise to you, the way to stay in faith is to stay in thanks. The way to stay in faith is to stay grateful in your heart to say, God, I'm not letting go of what you told me. I'm not letting go of what you said to me, God. But can I tell you also, when we lose our thanks, oftentimes we lose our faith concerning that. Well, I just don't know. And we wouldn't say, God, I'll thank you when I see it. That sounds disrespectful. But in our hearts, somehow we've lost hope. So remember, thanks and faith go together. You remember also one thing is in Hebrews chapter 3 
and verse 19, which is the last verse right before going into Hebrews chapter 4. It's the last verse of chapter 3. And it was talking about the children of Israel who God made a promise to. And he says this, so we see that they could not enter into the promised land because of unbelief. Now, I want you to notice a couple of things in there. They could not enter in, into where? Into the promise of God because of unbelief. Can God make you a promise and you not enter into it? Yeah, but some people don't think it's that way. They say if it's God's will, it'll, is that true? It's not true. If it's God's will, it'll happen. Well, I just know. I just put it in the hands of the Lord. Well, you put it in the hands of the Lord and it may not happen. Someone may say, wait, that sounds blasphemy. No, that's not a scripture. If it's God's will, it'll happen. That's called a religious phrase. Can I tell you, if it's God's will and you grab onto it and you walk it out and you hold onto it and you give thanks and you get the victory for it, it'll happen. But if it's God's will and you don't have belief, the Bible says we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. Could not enter into what God had already promised because they didn't believe. Remember Jesus right after he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he went into 40 days in the wilderness and he was tested. And then afterwards he was led out by the Spirit into his hometown. He went into his hometown and he began to preach the word. And do you remember what the Bible says? He could do no mighty thing there. It didn't say he would do no mighty thing there. He says he couldn't. Wait a minute. Jesus couldn't? No, Jesus could do no mighty thing in his own hometown except just to heal you know, a few sneezes and colds. So what did he do? He went on to the next town. Why couldn't he? Well, they limited him. In fact, we read about it, I believe, last week or the week before, that God, that he says, you have limited the Holy One of Israel. How can we limit Almighty God by our unbelief? I just want that to sink in for a minute. Because I've limited God in my life before. You ever limited God? God's spoken something to you, and we say, well, we'll just see if it's God's will, it'll happen. It's not true. It's not true. It's not true. He says here, so we see they could not enter in to the promised land because of unbelief. Only two people out of a million entered in. Two people out of a million. So, uh, you know, sometimes people just believe the, the, uh, the odds. And they say, well, the majority of the people believe, so I'm just going to go with them. Well, if you'd have went with the majority of the people here, you'd have you'd, you'd been dead. <laughs> the majority of the people didn't believe. But what did they do? There was two people who grabbed onto the promises of God and moved forward. So thanks... I know that sometimes people look at a series called Thanks and they say, why is thanks a big deal? Thanks, faith, grace, and rest all work together. Listen to those words. You might want to write them down. Thanks, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks and faith work together. But the Bible says they could not enter their rest because of unbelief. So to enter the rest or to enter the promises of God, you have to be in faith. That makes sense? You have to be in faith. See, sometimes people go, oh, wait, is that, is that faith teaching? It's not faith in yourself. It's not faith in your faith. It's faith in the word of the Lord. It's faith in God. It's the way we got saved. It's faith in God's word. So it takes thanks. Being in a position of thanks to be in faith. 
That's how we know that we're in faith. Listen, and then faith, it gets us into our gray, the grace of God. The, it's really the humility. Grace comes to the humble, right? And, and, and when you're in faith, when you're in, the, you receive the grace of God, what happens? Well, you enter your rest. You're in a place of entering the rest of God. So entering into the rest of God, into the promise of God, thanks, faith, grace, rest, they all flow together. What's the opposite of those things? What's the opposite of being thankful, being unthankful, right? It's really a posture in your heart. It's really a place in your heart. The opposite of, of, of thanks is being unthankful. The opposite of faith is unbelief. The opposite of grace, receiving the grace of God in your life, is self-reliance. I had something to do about it. You remember in Ephesians it says uh, you've been saved through through uh, faith, through grace, not of works, any works less, any man should boast, because he knew that if we'd even take a little bit of credit for it, then we'd boast in it. And rest, what's the opposite of rest? It's stress. It's stress. You know, in our society, in fact, I've seen commercials on it, advertisements on it. Do you know that massage therapy, self, family therapy, and personal rest zones and ways to sleep and I mean it become the big thing in our society as a solve to the stress that we see in our society but can I tell you the stress we see in our society is not just mental those things help I sleep with an eye mask I know it's funny I'll wake up sometimes they'll be like oh no where am I oh <laughs> here I am okay but uh but, uh, but, but I, and we sleep with eye mask and, I, and we have the rain on. You know what I mean by the rain? Like the, the sound machine. I mean, you walk into our house. You walk into our house. I'm just telling you. Because every room, our four-year-old, she has rain going on in her room. Our, ki- our sons, they all have rain going on in her room. When I say rain, I mean it sounds like. <sighs> you walk around, you think, man, is there, is there a leak going on? Is there a burst going on in there? But, but I understand because, you know, I like, to, I like to just rest and chill and. And when, we, when, I'm in, when I'm asleep, I'm asleep, okay? But can I tell you, that's not the way to solve a lack of rest because rest is found in the soul. Remember, uh, Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest in Matthew 28. He said, and he goes on to say, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn what? Learn rest. Learn from me. Don't ju-. He says, I could come and give you temporary rest. I could come and hand you rest and say, this is how to be rest. And you come up and you get prayed for and you feel a refreshing. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I received rest. And then you wake up Monday morning and you're like, I'm stressed again. Where's the prayers? No, Jesus said, come unto me, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. That's like, you know, come and get prayed for, come and receive something. But then he said, learn from me. What is that? He's saying, I'm not only going to give a man a fish, but I'm going to teach you how to fish. I'm going to teach you how to rest. How do you learn to rest? He said, learn from me, for I am meek and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your, where? In your souls. Where is your souls? Well, it's the internal. It's the emotions. It's the psyche. It's, the, it's what's so stressed out on the inside. That's where stress is found, and that's where rest is a result of walking in the Spirit. When you walk in the Spirit, you're walking in faith. You're walking in the, the life of God. Remember, the Lord is my shepherd. Psalm 23, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my, yeah, see, he didn't say he gives me a sleep mask and some rain, right? No, what did he say? He says, internally, that's where stress is found and that's where rest is found. This whole message on thanks, 
It's not just so that we be a happy church. We're a happy church. I walked in there, but thank you for being here today. Thank you for the donut. Thank you for, no, no, no. It's not just so that we can be happy. It's so that we can ultimately walk in the grace of God, walk in faith, walk in the rest of our souls, walk in the promised land of where God is calling us to be. Thanks is the best thing I believe you can do to correct your spiritual posture. The best thing you can do to correct your spiritual posture. You know, if you I have a chiropractor friend, and I remember you going to the chiropractor. Any chiropractor I've been to over the years, they'll usually say, okay, you have to come back on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the next 12 weeks. And we need to make sure that you have alignment and you have this and that. And I thought, man. Coming in for the next 12 weeks, Monday and Friday, Monday, Wednesday and Friday, there's always this. Why? Because they want alignment. They want alignment to happen. Or like in, in uh, vocals, I have a music background, and so in vocals, when you're teaching vocals or someone's teaching you vocals, they, the very first thing they teach is posture. Why? Because there are a lot of times if you don't get a good breath, then you can't sing. The, the vocal cords get fed by this, the airflow, and the airflow, you have to have your lungs expand and get that air in, and you get it out, but you have to have good posture. So when you're teaching this to little kids, you'll say, top of your head, as far to the ceiling as possible, and they'll stand up nice and, nice and tall. But can I tell you, there's spiritual posture too. That's physical posture. Do you know that to have good spiritual posture, you get yourself in a life of thanksgiving? Come on, just take a Thanksgiving break for about 10 seconds. Everybody, out of your mouth, thank the Lord. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for salvation. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Somebody needs to thank him for this word today. Thank you for this word today. Thank you for this word today. Thank you for what you're saying to me. Thank you for what you're doing in my life. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks is the best way, I believe, that you can put yourself into, into a correct posture, a posture of the heart, a way of life. Thanks puts God in his rightful place in your life. You know what? When God's in his rightful place in your life, you know what it does? It takes the pressure off of you. A lot of times we're stressed because we're trying to take things that God should be taking. A lot of times we're stressed because God gives you a, a, a thing that he wants to happen in your life and then you've left the presence of God and you've heard the plan of God before you've heard, you've heard where God wants you to go or what God wants you to do and you haven't stayed long enough to listen to how he wants to unfold it. So many times we leave the presence of God without understanding the plan that he has. When God speaks something to you, and you don't know what to do, the best thing to do is to stay listening to God. Ask God, what do you want? Open his word. Let him speak to you. Let him speak. Just bow your heads right where you are right now. God, speak to us today. Speak to us today. Speak to us today, Lord. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you every hour. I need you, my one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Sing with me. Come flood this place. 
fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Lift it up to God. Every hour I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. Say it one more time. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. Thank you, Lord. I just want to close with this. First Peter 5, verse 5 says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. How many want to be humble in here? Yeah. <laughs> How many want the grace side of things? The grace of God, the, the spirit of God, it's like putting oil in your engine. You drive with confidence. You drive all lubricated up. You drive easier. I've lived life without God's grace, and I've lived life with God's grace. <laughs> And with God's grace is better. I think somebody in here today just needs a fresh touch of the grace of God in their life, the Holy Spirit in their lives. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. He goes right on to say, casting all of your care upon him, for he cares for you. Casting all of your care upon him, for he cares for you. Just bow your heads. Make your altar where you stand right now. And just say, Father, I humble myself before you. Right where you are. Say, God, I lay aside my agenda, my plans, my ways. Somebody might need you to just cry out and say, God, I need your grace this morning. God, I need your help this morning. God, I, I don't know what I'm doing. God, I, I may pretend and act like I know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing, Lord. I need you this morning. I need your miracles. I need your help today. God, I'm going to face something this week that I just need your presence to be right there with me. And I give you thanks. And I think according to what we're teaching on, somebody just needs to out loud begin to thank the Lord. Thank you for your grace today. Come on, everybody, out of your mouth. Not just a thankful heart, but thankful words. Out of your mouth, thankful words. Thank you for grace today. Thank you for help today. Thank you for strength today. Thank you for picking me up and carrying me through. Thank you for carrying me across the threshold, carrying me over the problem, carrying me over the rocky places. 
carrying me through the valley, God. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you're with me. Your grace is with me. Your help is with me, God. Thank you, O God. Come unto me, all you who are weak and heavy laden. Jesus promises you, I will give you rest. And you say with me today, I receive God's rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Because I'm gentle, I'm lowly in heart, and you'll find rest in your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want to tell you today, if you're carrying a burden that's not easy and not light, you're not carrying Jesus' yoke. You're carrying somebody else's. So, Lord, we take up your yoke, easy and light. Before we end here, I just want to make a couple of confessions today, confessions out of the Word of God. Can you say this out loud? Say it out of your mouth. Say, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Say it again. Thanks be to God who always leads me in triumph. That means that I always win when I'm in Jesus. Jesus is never defeated. So when I follow him, I follow victory. And I walk in victory. Say, I don't walk in self-pity. I don't walk in feeling sorry for myself because <laughs> I have victory in my life. I don't walk in condemnation because all of my sins are forgiven me. My heart is full of thanksgiving. God is on my side. And if God be for me, who can be against me? I don't need to try to provide for myself because God provides all of my needs. I don't have to try to prove myself because God's already proven himself for me. God is the strength of my life. I have nothing to fear. I have nothing to worry about. I have nothing to be concerned about because I have victory in Jesus. And I give you thanks for it in advance. I give you thanks for it in advance. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way the most recent episode will always be in your feed ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.